episode 91 of Strange Brow Radio. I'm your host, Tobe Johnson, and today's guest is my friend Alex Whitcomb. The show Ales and Tales, your chance to crack open a libation with us and hypothesize paranormal. And in this episode, we get into OBEs and cattle mutilations. Again, dig a little deeper. Sorry for the pun. Maybe cut a little deeper into the uh, (laughs) virtual meat of cattle mutilations. They're a really disturbing story, but my gallows humor is persisting. (laughs) Okay, we'll be right back and I'll tell you more about Ales and Tales. Okay, so if uh, you've been tuning in regular, you know that I released a little while back a trailer for an upcoming documentary that uh, we're tangentially involved with from Resonance Media, the production of uh, the story of Cow 1313, looking deeper into the cattle mutilations in general, in particular uh, near eastern Oregon. And cattle mutilations have been attached to the UFO phenomena for a long time, in particular with the uh, Strange Harvest docu-series by uh, Emmy Award-winning Linda Moulton Howe. But uh, we're coming up uh, with some different questions here along the way as to how strange all this is. Um, I would imagine most of you know what cattle mutilations are or have listened to previous podcasts about this here. But uh, if you haven't, Alex and I talk about the strange killings of not only cattle, but uh, ponies, cats, uh, other farm animals, and why it's different than just regular predation. And then, of course, uh, we talk about OBEs, uh, which uh, Alex has uh, recently discovered that he's had one. So... I talked to him about the difference between NDEs, near-death experiences, or maybe the similarities between NDEs and OBEs. So that is the plan today. So sit back. Go, uh, well, don't sit down. Go grab yourself a frothy one from the fridge, and then sit back and enjoy this next installation of my chat with uh, Alex Whitcomb in this next episode of Ales and Tales. Alex Whitcomb, long time, man. Good to hear you. Good to hear you, too, man. All right. Well, the usual, just uh, popping down here at the desk, and I uh, got a pen, paper, a Rainier, and uh, a little carafe of uh, juice, and i um, ready to roll with you, man. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> so what you been up to? Uh, this, that, and the other thing... Uh, very shifting energy right now in, in, in my world. So, uh, things are just kind of all up in the air and I'm just trying to juggle everything and, and let the, let the balls fall where they may. Um, yeah, it's good though. I've got a lot of, a lot of new opportunities and a lot of new excitement uh, in my life. So that's good. Yeah. And as far as Drifty Productions, what's the latest 
commission or project you're working on? Uh, I've actually stopped accepting commissions for the for the, the past month. Um, I really just want to get into my own stuff. I, I really feel the need to engage myself in what I want to create and not what I'm creating for other people. So that's what I'm focusing on. That sounds so selfish of you. Like, I'm really... Oh, oh like, God, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe you. Jeez. The, the Quadra Island people hey. need their Volkswagen driftwood, and you're like, eh, I'm thinking of me. <laughs> hey, it's eventually going to be public art anyway, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I am thinking of uh, the public uh, down the road. So. But you have a commission of sorts because you fundraised uh, for the dinosaurs. So when is that one coming out? Uh, I'm still working on it. Uh, probably in the next couple of weeks, I'll get that done and out. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, good. Yep. All right. And um, everything's going good here in Washington State. Uh, yeah. We're just kind of buckling up uh, for the upcoming winter here, which I would suggest people do. And um, is there any news going on in and around here? I, maybe a little bit regarding the happenings that. Uh, you know, occur on our property. I know that uh, once in a while, both of our properties get pretty active, and it comes almost like in a season or a wave. You know, I, yeah, I'd say it's yeah. like an, an eruption of supernatural energy, and we're in the middle of uh, an eruption. We can't really figure out what we did right or what we did wrong. It depends how you look on it. Okay. And I don't know. What about you? Uh, it's it's been a really dead season. The summer, like basically nothing and i've been i've been keeping my eye out for little oddities and, and whatnot but i it's been really super slow so i don't i don't know if that's because i haven't been uh you know putting the intention and energy mm. into it and feeding it but uh yeah it's uh, well, sl slowed down immensely okay let's talk about that uh, that'll be uh, topic number one hey, well before we do a topic let's talk about um what you're drinking tonight i'll go ahead and start right. off here because tonight uh i've been holding back maybe i've mentioned this before but um an old navy friend of mine in the cul-de-sac in thurston oregon pulled me aside and said what are you drinking there and i said i don't know it's just some kind of cheap beer and he goes well you better put oj in it that's what you used to do in uh the gulf war and uh I think he called it an Orenthal for O.J. Simpson, his original name. So he put a little <laughs> pulpy orange juice and a Coors Light, and we had an Orenthal. Well, the other week I was on a camp out with a guy, and he saw me uh, actually handed him a, a fresh can of ice-cold Rainier with uh, some fresh pulped orange juice in it and told him the same story. And he said, well, let me look that up on Google. And so he found out that a Rainier beer with OJ is actually called a Brassy Sasquatch. So um, I don't have any OJ with me tonight. I do have some grapefruit juice, though. And so tonight, I don't know, what do I call a grapefruit? Uh, uh, sa sour Sassy? I have sour no Sassy. Hey, you're drinking the sour beer now. <laughs> <laughs> right, I know. You're always bugging how, me about that. How ironic. Oh, uh, uh, man. Okay, so this is... Uh, the sour sassy. Let's give it a shot, Arrow. Mm. 
Yeah, it's all right. It's probably the quality of uh, grapefruit juice that I'm putting in. It's a little less than what I would. Oh, uh... okay. Yeah. Anyway, fresh that's squeeze, a... man. Fresh I squeeze. need some fresh squeeze stuff. But if you have a mind to grab some, it doesn't have to be a Rainier, but, you know, it is kind of uh, in my kingdom. Uh, so you can get yourself a, a bottom shelf can of light beer and throw yourself a summer party. It's always good, like on a warm day when the barbecue's going to have yourself a brassy sasquatch <laughs> i've been uh scouting out for some rain here but i uh, haven't seen it up here yeah well you're in the yeah. land of kokanee but what do you, you what do you have there uh, i am going with hoyne brewing company uh today and a nice cold refreshing filter that's about it what can i say love it mm-hmm. clean and easy now we do have a couple of uh, Ninkasi made in the shade um, craft beers in the free fridge for later tonight when we do our night sit out in the woods to see what happens, but we'll save those for later. Tonight, the audience only gets a little refreshing. Gets the brassy sassy. Yeah, brassy <laughs> <The sour> sassy. <laughs> hey, so, okay, we were talking before uh, this about your theory on, and we talked loosely about it, a couple days ago, but do you mind discussing your theory about uh, what's going on here with the supernatural? Oh, yeah. Well, it's been on my mind. I've, I've been, um, I don't know, maybe over the past couple of weeks, months, loosely, I've been just toying with um, how poltergeisty is this activity that we encounter and how much of it uh, do we put in? And is this is this activity actually coming from us, like manif- us manifesting manifesting this um, subconsciously, unconsciously, uh, because we have the the intent and the energy into it, almost like well, I guess you could uh, you know you could go the Tulpa Road, right, and uh, and go that way, but um, yeah, we you know. Every time I put intent and energy and focus into these things, things start popping up and appearing. And whether that's uh, something noticing, like something external, noticing my intent and focus and energy, uh, that's one, obviously one explanation, but it could also be that we are just subconsciously harnessing our latent manifesting powers and yeah so that's i've been trying to apply that to uh some of my weirder scenarios um and i'm getting somewhere with it but uh, there might be one scenario that i haven't uh or one experience that i haven't looked at yet where it really really actually fits the bill quite nicely okay my question to you does it make it any less real at all no not at all okay so there still not. can be physical ramifications of running into you know say something like a sasquatch oh yeah yeah, yeah. so it really yeah. is a thought form of some kind yeah yeah um yeah i mean how you know look at look at how prevalent the uh, sasquatch bigfoot is in our culture and it's it's in our minds and and 
and pop culture and it's, it's like for for people like us it's you know we see the imagery every day we hear about it every day and if you're if you have the focus the intent the energy uh it might just show up to you as a thought form talpa okay but what do we do and i'm not i'm just playing devil's advocate here yeah. Uh, what do we do about people that have incidents of the supernatural that don't uh, have the thought of it? Oh, well, well, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Contactees, uh, experiencers. Um, Travis Walton. That, that have never. Yeah, exactly. I'm not exactly sure. I, I haven't thought that far into it. Um, Holograms. Straight yeah. up holograms. Yeah, or could be the collective unconscious thing. Yeah, let's yeah. go the young route. So yeah, yeah, or you know, Travis could maybe have blamed somebody in the pickup truck that they were thinking of it. That ah, be something yeah, of that. Hey, nature. you never know. Yeah, maybe one one of the other guys was like super into it. <laughs> right. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, not to go too deep around uh, the uh, Travis Walton issues, but. You know, legitimate case. Um, I don't think we really know the deeper layers of uh, the Travis Walton case because of the fact that we've never really heard all too much from the other uh, lumberjacks that were with yeah, the other, in the pickup truck. Yeah, the other witnesses. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, at, at just a side note, when I was truck driving, I actually ran in to one of the truck drivers at the uh, diesel um, grocery store. And he was just inside, like, getting a hot dog, uh, totally. I think his name's Steve Pierce. He's the only other one that wrote a book, and he had a big cowboy hat and a trucker belly. And he just huh. saddled up next to the hot dog stand with me. <laughs> no <way>. <laughs> and I was like, I, I, this is so dumb. I was too nervous. Here's this old truck driver, right? But, yeah. like, I, I idolized the story. I was too nervous to say anything. And, uh, you know, this is before I had a podcast. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I should have just said something. We probably could have talked for hours. Oh, but... so you didn't even. Oh, no. you just. Oh. <laughs> I just okay. let him get his wiener and leave. <laughs> <laughs> I know, lame. Oh, missed opportunity, though. Oh, totally. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, yeah. You, I, I, sus <laughs> I suspect you'd have a lot different uh, questions for right. now. Are you ever starstruck by anybody, and who would that be? I mean, I, uh, I'm not. I wasn't starstruck, but I, you know, I just like, am I bothering this guy? Is it really him? Right. But has that ever happened to you? I don't think I am. No. Okay. No, I, I, I don't know. Just yeah, they're people just like us, you know. Yeah. Uh, I'm. Uh, there might be one, you know, if I ran across Jeff Goldblum, maybe checking out my sauce Sasquatch <laughs> statue. <laughs> Oh, whoa, Jeff, Mr. Goldblum. Oh, yeah. Jeff. Uh, yeah. Maybe, but uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. Right. Well, uh, regarding your theory, it's definitely a Tulpa-type theory. Thoughts become things. It's an interesting theory that I've heard from uh, flesh and blood researchers, and they absolutely tried to backpedal real quick when they said that. I mean, you think of Bigfoot, really? think of Bigfoot researchers... Uh, you know, that are well known, especially on TV, and they have screwed up in their conversations with me and uh, equated Sasquatch with a Tulpa. 
And oh, when I was like, okay. okay, here's what I just heard you say. Um, so, you know, that's definitely uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, one of the theories that uh, have been passed around. But, um, yeah, I don't know about it. I, For me, it's in the category of past lives, which is another one that I struggle with. You know, I'm more in the line of thinking that these are right, like, yeah. ancestral memories that pass over us or DNA entanglement. Okay. But, yeah. um, I... A really ridiculous theory so i don't know where are you at with past lives haven't uh haven't really delved much into it yeah i i had yeah i yeah maybe i'll maybe i'll get there one day but uh <laughs> you know I've, I've been i've been too focused on aliens and sasquatch to get into okay <laughs> Can, wh yeah do we have room to go there as far as uh what's been going on do you want to save that for later uh, what the out of body? Well, okay. you said it. I didn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, hey, let's go for it. Yeah, yeah. Very okay, cool. Floor is yours. Okay. Well, yeah. Ever since 2005, since uh, since the experiences with the Greys or whatever they were, um, those two weeks practically destroyed my my uh, ability to consciously go do out of body experiences uh and that was a you know that was a favorite hobby of mine then i had done like three or four years practice i could i could do it at will um i could just lay down and within within you know 10 seconds i could you know conjure up the vibrations and off i go into out of body land it was just fantastic uh, but due to the trauma that um, happened happened to me um, from from the 2005 experiences, uh, it it was absolutely a no go after that, and I missed it intently, intensely um, for you know what has that been 15 years, and kind of always wondered when they would come back but i guess you know i've been doing i've been doing a lot of talking with uh with um people about these experiences the uh, the uh the 2005 experiences and I, I think going through those motions of of just talking with people uh that have uh different views and are are really accepting and not judgmental and can maybe just offer tiny little insights. I think that's really released a bit of the trauma for me, which is opening up the doors apparently to back to my out of body training, which I am <laughs> like, boom, like talk about joy, joyful moment. So yeah, it was uh, what about a week ago uh, I was pretty tired that day, so I thought I'd just take a nap in the truck. Oh, because uh, the tent was too hot. The sun was on the tent, so um, I got out of the tent and uh, and just napped in the shady truck. And I, yeah, I opened my eyes, or sorry, no, I woke up after, you know, sleeping for about 30 minutes. And uh, I know I'm in the truck. Uh, I hadn't opened my eyes yet, but I I feel like 
I can conjure up the vibrations. I, it feels comfortable at this point. It feels like I can do it. So I, I put my intent out. Let's get these vibrations going. And within, I don't know, one minute, um, I've got the, got the vibrations in my body. If you want to call that sleep paralysis, go ahead, whatever. So, uh, yeah, I was super excited uh, and no fear too, which is really, really important to note that I didn't have any fear. Um, and I'm just super excited. Okay, let's go. So I basically got out of my truck. I walked right through the door. I was like, Ooh, this is interesting. I wonder what it's going to feel like walking through a truck door and step you know got through the door oh that was that was neat uh stepped out onto the onto the field and noticed um things were it's almost like looking through um that bathroom glass that has all the texture and i couldn't really see anything properly so i invoked my training that i have done you know, uh, before 2005, which was clarity now, clarity now. And I was able to increase the clarity and get rid of that, uh, that textured glass look. And yeah, I'm standing on the property, but the detail, oh my God, the detail, it's incredible. Um, it's, it's almost, uh, how do I describe it? It's almost more it's more detailed than than waking reality it's uh it's incredibly difficult to describe so yeah i and uh i really wanted to see if someone else could see me so i i went around the property and tried to try to you know wave in people's faces and say hey can you see me can you see me i'm out of body right now <laughs> yeah i love it i mean you're describing yeah. something that sounds a little bit like people that have passed on they talk about uh a reality that is more real than ours yeah 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 and uh well i guess you hear that in uh nde accounts as well um that it's just more real than uh than this one do you think uh, there's a link between yeah. NDEs and OBEs? I think so. I think they're part of the same spectrum. Uh, lucid dreaming, out-of-body experiences, NDEs, I think they're all part of the same spectrum. Um, just intensity, I guess, is the, is the factor that decides which is which. But yeah, it's uh, it, it was grand. It was grand, and I'm I'm so happy to be back. You know, I'm back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, it's like a, it's a superpower of sorts. It's almost like you're Scott Bayo in the '80s movie Zapped. You have you have these <laughs> special powers that, that you. Scott Bayo. <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know if it's um if I can if I can keep going with this or mm -hmm. 
I'm going to keep going with this. I, you know, the, that was my first time out of body really since 2015. My first like intentional out of body since 2015 or 2005 experiences. And I was automatically going for it. I was going for it. I invoked all my training methods and I really wanted to, to not prove it, but just like say hi to someone and have them say, what the, you know, in waking reality, were, were you just there? You know, were, did you just come into the shop and then disappear or something like that? I think that would just be fantastic. Yeah, no, it sounds dreamy. <laughs> totally. Well, yeah. I mean, as far <laughs> as uh, a little more descriptive uh, description from you regarding this heightened sense of awareness, visually speaking, yeah. um, I can kind of imagine that, you know, ultra 4K, high def. Uh, but yeah. are, are you sensing and feeling? Are you hearing different? Can you describe those things? Okay, yeah. Well, smells out. I, I've never really smelt anything in an out-of-body experience. Um, um, like, yeah, the visuals are different. You're not, you're not using your eyes. You're using a different visual uh, sense. So what that visual sense is, I, I'm not sure, but it's, yeah, it's it's high, high, high depth compared to compared to our eyeballs. That's for sure. Um, you're just seeing a lot more, I guess. But, yeah, that's hard to describe. Um, hearing, um, you don't really hear either. Like the five senses kind of are, take a back shelf, I guess. And and everything comes through um, almost like a holistic, um, cohesive one sense. So you're 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 seeing and and the hold on a second here, Alex. You're breaking up. You're breaking up just a bit here, buddy. There you go. Just oh, uh, sorry. A little bit of a yeah. word lag there. Yeah, maybe yeah. you're having an OBE on the phone and we don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. almost sounds like you're plugged in kind of like avatar style to the matrix, to the entity, to the source. Are you like a part of a hive group where your understanding is universal? Uh, I wouldn't go that far yet. Uh, yeah. But you're getting there. I know. I, 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 yeah. Well, hey, you know, the more practice, the more practice, the more I do this. Mm -hmm. You know, that that might be an eventuality. We'll see. Um, yeah. Now, have you ever met anybody who's having an OBE at the same time? Are there? Do you know if there's any uh, evidence or stories? I have not. No. Okay. No. But uh, yeah, I mean, considering the amount that I wanted to experiment last week in the out of body i don't think it's going to be too long before i either figure that out or figure out that it's not happening or or can't happen and you also mentioned that fear the absence of fear rather was a big uh key component here what do you mean by that uh totally instrumental to to um getting into that, that space um lots of people lots of people go through this i i I think this can be easily taught, um, like sleep paralysis. People who have sleep paralysis 
that's the doorway. Like they, but they're totally afraid of it and, and they don't know what's happening. They're afraid of the unknown. You know, years and years ago, I, I took that step and just launched myself into it and, and found this whole other world. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, just take away the fear component and things just get a lot easier. All right. One of the fear components, and I won't harp on this too much, but, uh, from other people that do this, they talk about, um, I guess the availability of an, uh, an empty shell back in the spot where you left it, where other things can get inside because ah. you've, you've left your shell. So now you have an open doorway. Have you read anything on that? For, for, uh, for a walk-in, huh? Yeah. You get back to your body and something's, uh, something's <laughs> taken up. Um, yeah, I have read a few bits about that, but, uh, I've never been worried about that whatsoever. And, uh, considering the amount of, the amount that I've actually practiced this, uh, mm -hmm. especially back then, like it, uh, it was never a concern and, and never actually showed up. So right. I don't even know what that, what would that look like? Would it, would, uh, you know, would I start acting different, differently, you know, would I, you know, would I kind of be like someone else? I don't know. Maybe don't an know. At attachment could get in there. Something that uh, hides down, you know, in the in your ankles, and then works its way up. I don't know how this works. Um, it's one of yeah. the things. Uh, maybe one of the concerns. I don't know. Something I yeah. would consider as a possibility. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I also now I also uh, use the the mantra that I used in uh, the Hope Experience, which is uh, only the light may enter. So. Right. Nothing gets nothing gets in. Yeah. And can yeah. you can you do it at will? Um yeah, I will be able to. I used to. I used to be able to. And it, it I don't think it'll take too much longer before I can just lay down and summon the vibrations and and go for it. And yeah, that's doing it at will. So, yeah. Now, with your uh, availability to do this now more often, uh, well, first of all, why do you think that uh, your experience with the Greys had anything to do with blocking it? Do you have any clue as to what was going on there, why the wires got crossed? Well, uh, with the Greys, it, it started to happen. Like, the Greys came in um, through, the, through that doorway. So I was, you know, I was ready to, to go out of body. I'm all like, oh, yeah, let's go. And then I, I find that I can't get past the vibration phase. And, and I'm totally um, confused. I'm, totally I'm like, whoa, why can't I get out of body? I, I do this all the time. What's going on? And then I notice that uh, that entity looking at me or noticing me from the side of the bed. So that it is it is a doorway definitely for, for things mm -hmm. to arrive. Right, right. And they yep. notice when you're doing a little bit like remote viewing as yep. far as yep. Yep. Yeah, plugging yep. in a little uh, bit. Yeah, and I've, uh, I've heard of, uh, I've read of other, other contactee um, mm -hmm. account, accounts where they, mm -hmm. they, they, the grays actually specifically say to the contactee, 
like, well, well, we noticed you because you were doing, you know, mm-hmm. astral travel work out of body work. Yeah, interesting that this all starts too, and you you start loosening uh, your schedule up a little bit for yourself and start, yeah. you know, turning away uh, productivity for productivity's sake and start, yeah, looking inward. Yeah, 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 and uh, yeah, turning the focus towards myself instead of my uh, studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a hardworking fella who's having success in the OBEs department and uh, that's something that's never happened for me I don't know how I would handle it if it has I haven't acknowledged it you know there was that brief moment at the Al Moon lab where I described some kind of uh, you know levitation experience Uh, Mm -hmm. not quite sure beyond that to say what was happening because I heard the sound of fabric moving underneath me and that wasn't you know um, I right spirit leaving my skin for there was no i i've heard the sound of like a popping sound is associated with this and then the silver cord to bring you back and there seems to be some specifics involved with this that you're having it would you agree that there's some signs that you can tell that you're having a legit obe or do you think they're personalized like dreams yeah i think there are specifics um yeah yeah, I mean, the before I started doing it, it, it was, you know, I read about it as des- described as like, oh, yeah, you'll have these, you know, vibrations and then and then you'll go out of body. So that and that's exactly what it is, what it was to me. I have heard the popping noises as well. Um, that's uh, often described as exploding head syndrome. Um, Wait, I don't know if that's I've what, never, what never you heard that one. Oh, exploding head syndrome? Yeah. 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 People laying in bed and they hear what sounds like gunshots or big, huge pops. Um, I've had a lot of that. That's really interesting, this whole pop thing. Here we come back to the sound of popping or knocking or rapping. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it... uh, it shouldn't be involved in the conversation. It seems like it's just a, a small detail that people skip by, but I think it's a real key detail to a, an actual supernatural experience. The sound of what I would call like a s- supernatural sound barrier being broken. Yeah, and you've you you've kind of described that as maybe being. Um, these forces, these entities, um, kind of break in, break in the physical barrier, right? Like coming in from wherever they are and like pop and into the physical realm, right? Is that correct? Well, that's me trying to wrap my mind around it. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, it, um, the things that are happening out in the dollhouse—I call it the dollhouse—but my old, you know, sixteen-foot-long camper. Uh, every night there's rapping, popping, uh, slaps, uh, yeah. weird creaking sounds, but definitely the sound of tapping, knocking, popping. And right. there's also this, uh, you know, cause I spend a lot of time going through these audio files every morning. I only play a percentage for folks. Uh, uh there's some really interesting, uh, what I would call measurable, anomalies happening where there is a percussive sound to these pops and a rhythmic 
Um, it's almost like somebody took, and maybe this will relate to your OBEs, maybe not, but it reminds me as though somebody took like a, uh, a ruler, held the one side of the ruler and oh, yeah. flung the ruler up against the metal sheath of the fabric of the camper and it kind of ricochets as it hits it, maybe two times, maybe three times, but usually ba-bump, you know, there's a percussive element to it. And huh. um, that's something that I've noticed. And then, of course, the popping goes into groups of threes uh, that you can't ignore the the fact that these yeah. things are coming in what I, sporadic groups of threes, but definitely threes seem important, you know, as far as the universe is concerned. So maybe that reaches hmm. into maybe my trailer's having an OBE. Maybe I'm listening hey. to, uh, you know, some kind <laughs> of a screen memory of the old guy that owned the camp because I didn't buy the camper new. Um, you know, yeah. this goes into the stone tape theory and, we're way yeah. off course from where your OBEs began, but oh, the popping okay. sound is, uh, I think, is important. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I think that too. And interesting, you you say about the threes, because um, when I describe my vibrational state in the out of body, I always describe the vibrations as coming in waves of three. So zoom, zoom, zoom. Wow. I don't know. Is, it, is that the yeah. sound you'll hear? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's a sound. So, um, it's almost like a vibrational roar, like a, like a, um, very hard to describe, mm -hmm. you know, just, just with my voice, but yeah, it's, um, it's uh, like having a mild, very mild electric shock um, and and hearing it as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. And is there any way that you can correlate, like, uh, can you come away with hardcore evidence, Alex, that you have had an OBE and therefore you've seen, like, the inside of um, a bank safe and can see jewels and know which section the jewel. I mean, do you know what I mean? Like, can you get specifics? Like I was able to, you know, have an OB on the operating table because I heard the doctor say F you to the RN yeah. in the hallway. Have you yeah. had moments like that? No, I haven't had any moments like that, but that's definitely what I'm going to be working towards. Like, like with that OBE, like the other week, um, I was, I was really intent on, on like, you know showing people i was there and 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 trying to trying to say hey you know through my out of body state um but i think it's it's going to work like remote viewing i feel where you actually like ha have to see the target eventually like if i with the bank safe thing i'm never going to see the inside of that bank safe i don't know that there's jewels in there so I'm never going to be able to verify that, right? So if if I can target something that is verifiable, that I can go and see, um, maybe this is just like super visual-based remote viewing, you know? Yeah, it sounds like it, but without the GoPro attached to your head, I mean, it's just yeah. literally you ha locking in on a visual of some kind. And it's like having an NDE. Um, you know, maybe that's all an NDE really is, is a really 
almost permanent OBE, you know, under, right, right. underneath duress. Um, yeah, I don't know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but, I would, uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. You, you can bet I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be doing those experiments. So I, I really okay. have that drive now. Yeah, All right. and and it's not, it's not for proof of anything to show the world or anything. It's, it's just fun for me, and I, I want to do it, right. Yeah, it's not proof, but it's awesome to have a little bit of a satchel of evidence to say, uh, I don't know. I always look at it as a reminder that this is actually occurring and I'm not, you know, I'm yeah, not off yeah. in loony land. Like for me, it's it's something I can put hard, you know, evidence uh, in some kind of little area of my own weird you know, storage for weirdness and say, okay, now I have something physical. I have something tangible. This is yeah. data. This is data. Yeah. I don't need to share it. This is data. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Some kind of data. Yeah. 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 Um, well, perfect. All right. Well, let's uh, quickly talk about uh, something before we get to our main topic here. Um, first of all, I had an interview, an impromptu interview yesterday with author, researcher, and uh, experiencer of internet hoaxers, uh, pranksters, I guess we'll call them, uh, these little uh, douchey teens that uh, approach Tom Pell. And uh, I think we're nearing close to three and a half million views on YouTube, which, you know, for a Bigfoot author or or researcher, getting three and a half million eyeballs or ears to hear your work is is kind of a big deal. I mean, it's a huge deal because... Most people don't know who Tom Powell is outside of the Bigfoot world, but now they do. That's true. Because of yeah. these 10 guys that showed up at his house. So did you get a chance to hear that interview? Uh, I didn't. I just saw it today, and I okay. didn't have time to, no to get into it. But, yeah, well, uh, yeah, just, just quick and short, uh, Tom hopped yeah. on the line with me for 45 minutes. Tom and I have worked together since 2008. He's the author of Shady Neighbors, The Locals, and Edges of Science. And, um, you know, he's an ex-science teacher from a middle school, I believe, in Portland, Oregon. So he's worked with teenage boys, knows their sensibility, knows uh, where their hormones are at at that level. And these guys definitely fit in that middle school age demo. So he was just kind of <laughs> rolling with it because he has... Uh, he was kind of he was a very popular teacher for the fact that he's self-deprecating, uh, you know, very funny, dry humor and into Sasquatch. So it's b- big deal to the to the uh, middle school kids in Portland. So he kind of thought he was in the same territory. Uh, ends out that uh, he was being rused or hoaxed by these uh, Internet trolls on a on a road trip who uh, just really went for the bathroom humor to the nth yeah. degree and tried to distract Tom enough in their proposition of really crude jokes to pull footage off. And so, um, I don't know, what do you think, what do you, what do you think about that all? Well, I, I didn't even get to, to see what they had, uh, that they had put out the Nelk boys. Um, there was that, uh, what 29 minute YouTube video, but I, did, I don't, actually know much about it so i i can't really i can't really say one way or the other like i i don't know i don't know tom's uh tom's stance on this um yeah okay no big deal i I didn't know if you had gotten to it but uh i did want to remind yeah i I really wanted to i just didn't have the time so yeah 
That's all right. But, it's out uh, there. Uh, when you get a chance, um, take a look at it. And, you know, the weird tragedy of it all is that uh, they had the opportunity to sit down and still have a quality uh, episode, I guess, uh, with somebody that could have brought the goods and they still would have got viewership. And maybe they could have come up with something way cooler, uh, you know, by hanging out with a guy that's already funny. He doesn't need you to dress up in a, a Bigfoot suit and, you know, all, yeah. all the all the baloney that went in along with it. But Tom has a good sense of humor with it. Uh, and so he, he'll be doing just fine. But um, anyway, yeah. that uh, that snuck out on the podcast uh, just yesterday. So. That well, was... hey, if it if it, uh, if it uh, pushes a few people towards his research, then that's that's good. I guess I think yeah. so. Hey, I also yeah. want to thank uh, Strange Brow Patreon Jason Klein. Uh, today, the uh, delivery came, Jason. And so, what did Jason deliver? Well, he went uh, all out and got me a gift, which you know was not asked for, but totally appreciated. He got me a, a brand new digital recorder. Um, the oh yeah. Cam, DR05X, uh, a newer model of what I've been using. And if you've listened to the show, then you know that periodically when a cell phone gets near the old recorder, it has a serious feedback issue. So I'm sorry about that, but I've used that recorder for the last three years a lot. Um, so I think somehow it got magnetized, and I think that might have something to do with some of the sound uh, the feedback issues. So thanks to Jason Klein, uh, we won't be running into any of those issues. So tonight that baby's going straight into, uh, Hilda and Bobby's dollhouse. We'll see what happens and I'll send him uh, a first copy of, of what goes down. So thanks again to Jason. That's awesome. Jason, right on. All right, let's get to the meat of it here. We, uh, we're off topic in a good way, but we wanted to talk a little bit about the previous episode to the one with Tom Powell having to do with this documentary and production called Cow 1313 or 1313. 1313. 1313. 1313. Yeah. yeah, actually the cattle, yeah. I think the cow was discovered a couple of days after April 13th, uh, Friday the 13th. Uh, right, maybe right. it's going to be it Friday yeah. the 13th. So interesting number there for sure. But um, what do you? What did you uh, learn about cattle mutilation since that episode? Oh man. Um, well, yeah. I tried to. I haven't been in that arena uh, um, over my paranormal, you know, um, um, my. Uh, I haven't really delved into it too much over the past two uh, years. Um, but uh, there's, it's bizarre. Like it's dead ends, dead ends, dead ends. And, and hypotheses. And that's about all you get with this. And then, and then there's the people that out there that, well, yeah, it's just predation. It's just, it's just other animals, but, you know, looking at some of these things, it's, it's, it gets really weird really quickly. Um, and it's, well, it's popping up again, right? So yeah, there's, there's been cases in Oregon and, uh, some in Alberta last year as well, up in Canada that were unexplained as well. 
Did you find any um, articles on anything other than cattle being mutilated? Yeah, well, I did. My first search was cattle mutilation. Then I went animal mutilation. And yeah, it's it's not just cattle. It's uh, it's all sorts of animals. Um, the first first widely reported one was uh, Lady the Horse. Uh, what was that? Nineteen sixty-seven, I think. Uh, and that was yeah, that was reportedly coupled with some very odd uh, UFO experiences around the area um, beforehand. Uh, lots of orbs. Um, and yeah, uh, that brought me to the, the Skinwalker Ranch episode with, uh, the mutilations there and, uh, and the orbs with the dogs was really weird. Um, yeah. Right. I don't know. In that, in that episode too, there was a, wasn't there, um, an emu or not an emu, but a llama or alpaca attacked by a strange creature writer during that uh, mutilation. Uh, at Skinwalker Ranch. Right. Uh, it it was a calf, I think, just a, a calf. That was right. like one of the one of the first things that kind of happened at a ranch. Okay, I'm talking weird. about the show and the new owner. I don't know if you've seen that. Oh yet. no, I haven't seen that. No. Okay. No. No. Oh, he's got llamas out there now? Well, they had a cattle mutilation, and they, they saw what looked like a UFO over the cattle, or the, oh. the cow right before it uh, was mutilated. But I think a week before or something like that, they uh, had four or five different llamas out on there to see what would happen to the llamas. And one of the llamas was ravaged on the back end by something. Uh, they couldn't quite tell what it was uh, on security camera, but... It looked like it was more of a uh, some kind of predation happening there, but right. for the most part, this is what ranchers uh, refuse to say it is. But uh, the you know when they bring in the veterinarians, they're like, well, it has to be predation. What else could it be? But the ranchers are disturbed by this, and that's you yeah. know what yeah. uh, what we're trying to figure out. What's the disturbing well, element? Well, they're out there. They they live this life. They know predation when they see it, right? I mean, you have to. You're a rancher. <clears throat> and and for them to be completely bewildered and and just like well yeah and al almost afraid too like it's like some of the ranchers are like no I I carry a gun with me all the time now uh, and it's um, it does get bizarre so I don't know let's see yeah one of the things yeah. I was uh, I walked away with while you're going through your notes is. Um, this part of the conversation that I had with the producer that we're working with, Brett Eichenberger, who has some really serious credentials. Uh, I don't know if anybody's listened to the episode that we have up there. I believe it's episode 89 called Cal 1313, but he has some Pentagon credentials. So he knows what he's talking about when it comes to at least uh, his job at the Pentagon related to working with... Uh, well, I probably should, I'll let him explain what he did at the Pentagon. But he, he said, you know, uh, in regards to who's doing this, being out on site in Burns, Oregon, looking over the bones of this rav or this uh, cattle mutilation, it was ravaged, but uh, in a weird way. He said the only thing that he could imagine in all his time uh, working at the Pentagon, knowing what people do in security, 
you know, portions of the Pentagon. And uh, let's just say maybe if you took something like the expertise of a trained special ops Navy SEAL and you said, okay, before you get to this level of graduating to this tier of recon, we need you to go into the cattle mutilation, uh, I guess, uh, what would you call that? Cat some kind of uh, program where your job is to excise an organ from a, you know, a ranch somewhere, leave no trace that you were there, take all the blood. Um, you know, this is the implement you'll use. This is, you know, nobody knows about this implement. It takes organs really easily. There will, you know, you'll be dropped in via black helicopter and then we'll send you into Baghdad. So that that was kind of his working. That was the only right. theory he could walk away with besides something crazier than that. But I'd never heard that before, but it might explain what's going on to some degree. Like an initiation of sorts, like a, like a, like, oh, you passed kind of thing? Right, initiation or an echelon of approval before you get rated to the next right. level. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, well... Well, oh yeah. Oh, well, okay. Let's let's say that's the case. Why why do it to ranchers? Why, why don't why don't why don't the Navy SEALs have their own little training ground? You know. Yeah. Why don't they have their own cattle? Why don't they have their yeah, own ranch? Yeah. Why don't they have their own cattle? Yeah. Mm -hmm. that they're branded branded Navy SEALs. You know. Yeah. Like, good use of words. In, um, instead of uh, you know, instead of uh, tormenting. Uh, you know, uh, citizens. But maybe and, it's and to hurt. push the uh, narrative that we have a hostile force, that these are aerial threats and therefore make it seem spooky, make it seem like it's, you know, the evil ETs, um, yeah. you know, weird lights, uh, maybe a part of the show. Maybe it's a whole thing, you know, where they come in on a well, TR-3B. They're dry. I don't know. Right. I mean, wild theory, but one of the more hmm. interesting theories I heard. So like a bonus little sigh off there along with the initiation. I don't know. It's just one of the theories and uh, I don't know. It, it could be, it, then you get to the idea that the organs are taken out through the legs sometime. And this is something else we discussed where they were talking to one of the ranchers and there was an incision down in the ankle and one of the main mm -hmm. organs was removed through the leg. Uh, <laughs> what? Yeah, I mean Linda Whoa. Moulton Hill talks. Linda Moulton Hill talks about a time where the heart was removed without an incision. So now yeah, you're getting into yeah. you know magic. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, here's another theory for you. Um, what if the uh, what if this is a, a psychic thing? What if this is people being trained to do this psychically? Like the psychic healers do, supposedly. Or, you know, where they do yeah. psychic surgery. Yeah. They're but training they're... to be like psychic, training to be like psychic assassins or something like that. And okay. uh, and they just have to go out and, and do this, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I like it. I like it. Um, and maybe they have implements when they whittle their powers out. I, who the hell knows? Yeah. Um, who the hell knows? Some other strange signs and symptoms of cattle mutilations are, of course, no blood. And not only no blood, 
but no pooling of blood blood where the organs are taken yeah. or the tissue then uh, you know when they do the necropsy there should be blood rushing to the injured area for to heal it right from trauma but there's no blood pooling in there yeah there's supposed to be like four to five gallons in size. Yeah, in fact, the me one of the measurements that I got uh, was from a book uh, that I was fiddling through online, which, let me see if I can tell you the name of this book real quick here. The name of the book is, um, oh, where are we at? Mystery Stocks the Prairie. It's an, uh, it's an older book uh, written by some ranchers, I believe in Montana back in the 70s, and I think you can find out more information on them online the ranchers um, uh, have a couple YouTube videos there but they put together a formula for a mutilated Shetland pony um, they uh, processed the in this calculation that a 600 pound Shetland pony has 60 pints of blood and it would take via a pump a battery operated pump to pump out 60 pints it would take about 15 minutes but now you have to have a generator especially in the 70s, yep. a diesel generator. It's going to be loud. You're going to have to get it in or be dropped in like Tom Cruise. And maybe Tom Cruise. <laughs> I think we should blame. We need to blame uh, uh, Tom Cruise. It's a Scientologist. Cruise. <laughs> That's, it's a Scientologist right. doing this. Right, right, right. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. So that I thought that was pretty crazy. Um, so no, no pooling of blood in uh, area of trauma. Uh, no signs of struggle, uh, no signs yeah. of traditional poaching because of the delicate nature of which they butcher. And so the rancher and Burns went on to say that he'd been through a butchery class as a rancher to learn how to process meat and hide and flesh and tissue. And um, I've, I think I maybe skinned two deers in my life, and it, it's not something I'm fond of. It's mainly the, right. sm the smell that bothers me. Yeah, the smell. Yeah. Um, I can't even exp can you try to explain it's a very disconcerting smell it is yeah it doesn't smell like venison and it doesn't smell like hamburger no 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 it has a thick um, viscous like ah uh, I don't I don't even know the quality it's, it, ha uh, it has a sweetness yeah it. yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah, almost um, like that kelp beer that you had last <laughs> <and tail. laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Did you see the other one in Oregon? I think it was Cow 286, where it's just propped up on its knees. It's like it's it like the carcass looks like it's just like sitting there on its knees. No, that sounds so creepy. Oh, it's totally creepy. Uh, check out the image. I think it's cow 286 or 268. Uh, it's a black heifer, and it just looks like it's sleeping. It, oh. And that's the, way, that's the way it was left, but it was definitely mutilated and then, and then put that way. Uh, it, was, yeah. it, was, it was almost like in prayer position, begging for its last life. Almost, yeah. Um, yeah. Then there's the element of how these things are are a cord or mutilated with these uh, very strange identifiable microscopic in, uh, cuts 
uh, to right. the bone and the tissue where uh, there is something slicing through because there's no sign of a heated element being used, but yet it almost looks like some kind of heated element by how precise it is, but there's no smell of burning flesh. There's no burn marks. Um, well, I have heard of cauterization, though, in, in these. Uh, some of the um, the eye the eye nerve optic nerve cord uh, was found okay. to be cauterized. So cauterized through heat or cauterized okay. through a different means? Did they were they able to deduce? Uh, they were not able to deduce. Just just yeah. said it was cauterized. Right. And traditionally, we think heat, yeah. but maybe you can clot something, uh, you know, through light, uh, through I don't know. Um, mm -hmm. Very strange. What else did we find out here? Um, predators won't touch it generally. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to bring up. Yeah, yeah. Did and, you find out anything often, on that? Well, it's often explained as as this was this was a, a human thing. Humans like uh, drugged it, and the animals won't touch it, or drugged it before they mutilated it, and the animals won't touch it because they know there's you know, uh, latent amounts of drugs inside. So that's that's how it's explained in the mainstream. And one of the things I had to go back and correct was um, the majority of cases, nobody sees them mutilated. But then I found a case where somebody saw something here. So I went ahead and screen captured this article. Let me see if I can bring this up. Um, I'll just read it as I grabbed it. Quote, belief in extraterrestrials as the cause of mutilation goes back to the 1960s, though true believers will often claim that the phenomenon has been going on for longer than that. As evidence, they may cite a widely circulated story reported in April 1897 where a strange flying object was caught in the act of cattle napping in Kansas. The witness to the incident, one Alexander Hamilton, hey, there's a well-known name, hey. described hey. a cigar-shaped craft with a carriage underneath with six of the strangest beings he'd ever seen. He said, and quote, it seemed to pause and hover directly over a two-year-old heifer, which was bawling and jumping, apparently fast in the fence. Going to her, we found a cable about a half inch in thickness made of some red material fastened in a slipknot around her neck one end passing up to the vessel and the heifer tangled in the wire fence. We tried to get it off, but could not. So we cut the wire loose and stood in amazement to see the ship, heifer and all, rise slowly, disappearing in the northwest. Neighbor Tom Link, four miles away, found the hide, legs, and head in his field the next day. No tracks in the soft ground. April 1897. 1897? Yeah. Say that again. 1897. Yeah. April what? 1897. Okay, no. All right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, okay. that's... Uh, that's, I, that's. I didn't come across that one. <laughs> Holy. Okay, that's a great one. Wow. Yeah. Pretty wow, bizarre. That's interesting. Yeah. Maybe I, maybe I said April uh, 1987. Uh, you, I, I think you said 1997 <laughs> okay. beforehand. And then, yeah, okay. I'm, re I'm definitely reading it correctly now. April 1897. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah very interesting. And cigar-shaped cigar -shaped craft, eh? With six of the strangest beings. 
Well, that's interesting. I mean, the cigar-shaped craft is something not new to any of us. You know, all shapes and colors. Uh, mostly I hear black. But, you know, is it a cigar-shaped craft when it tilts upwards? Maybe it's not. Maybe it's more of like a circle and it looks like a cigar when it's on its side. But uh, people say cigar-shaped and uh, a red wire wrapped around a heifer's neck yeah. pulling it skyward. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. totally. Uh, can you send me the link to that? I'd love to read it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will, uh, I have the, uh, the screen grab here. Now I got to go back into the, my, uh, browser history to find now out where I, I grabbed I it. I wonder if that, uh, falls into the whole airship flap back then. It sure sounds airshipy. Yeah. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Sure. So that, I had to scrap my, uh, my crib note here on, uh, the fact that, uh, I mean, most people don't see them mutilated. Some, even the ranchers and burns described weird lights, but they certainly aren't ready to say that it's little gray men. Well, yeah. 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 And, uh, okay. So what's your take on the, on the helicopters coming by after? <sighs> Yeah, the black helicopters seem to be involved with uh, all this stuff. I mean, they're the East Seti Ranch, uh, you know, over Mount Adams. Are they just doing flyovers from Fort Lewis or, or McCord, possibly? But um, I tend to think, you know, just based upon the nature of uh, the fact that they most people describe. I shouldn't say most people. What do I know? I have heard descriptions of people that have seen them over mutilated cow or ranch style areas. Um, and the rotor on the helicopter doesn't make a sound. It is it is uh, without wash, and so that is a stealth craft. I don't know how you fly a helicopter without the sound of rotor wash. It's you know what kind of technology is being deployed. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, what do you think? Okay. Or maybe it's just something else trying to look like a helicopter. Yeah. That's why I'm kind of wondering myself. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you can't hear it and can't see the wash, then. Yeah. Did uh, you find know. anything on Black Helos being linked to this? Uh, well, yeah. It's it's kind of all over the place with these uh, with these accounts. Um, but um, not. Yeah, I didn't find any direct oh we saw this black helicopter and it was hovering over our cow and then like one hour later it was mutilated kind of accounts and then you got the good old satanist uh the satanic pattern oh yeah 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 why is that still going on <laughs> Holy cow. oh my gosh well you know according I mean, to uh, the see, film crew that was in burns they were out in the ranch in burns oregon they said it was a very remote road um one of the gals said it was sketchy as hell driving into the ranch because it was just so remote so bumpy and she said for a group of people to get out there i don't care how you know skilled they are at butchery you're going to leave tire tread marks you're going to leave some you're kind going of, to leave evidence some kind of totally. evidence yeah yes yeah yeah uh, yeah, I mean, what, what are these occultists like uh, super Tom Cruise on steroids, <laughs> right. Navy SEALs, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and then uh, you have all the theories in between that, the you know, something's entering out of a portal, uh, toying with uh, us, toying with the cattle, uh, part of some kind of greater, I mean, where I lean automatically just based upon what I, my gut tells me that something 
Yeah, what is your gut it, is is happening with uh, the extraterrestrials' interest in heifer DNA or parts that they are utilizing spare parts from animals, easy access. It's not just heifers, uh, cats, humans. Uh, we had a pony earlier on. Horses have, um, you know, we have a lot of missing people. Yeah. I think that there is some kind of program going on where E.T. has uh, the upper hand, and once in a while they grab a very rare hamburger and and they do with it what they want <laughs> okay no no one ever comes back from an abduction experience with their genitals missing no uh, no i don't think that is the case in fact get a hold of me if uh you know, <laughs> if, that, if that is you if that's happened to you i definitely want to talk to you strangebrowradio at gmail.com no i've never heard of that yeah i mean it it, it it's like egg harvesting and sperm harvesting and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But yeah. Now I have but, uh, talked to witnesses, including there'll be um, a witness coming up on Patreon soon that uh, talked about after having her, her hysterectomy, that the ETs were no longer interested in abducting her. Right. So that, that is a kind yeah. of a common theme. Yeah. I've heard that a couple times. Yeah. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember, remember remember when I had my vasectomy. Was that prior or after? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Well that could there be was that, some... could, that could be a way for fellas to stop it. I never thought of that. <laughs> hey, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Of course if they're ETs, ETs they can just work. Right. I mean if they're ETs and they can walk through walls, they can certainly work that issue out. Yeah. <laughs> hey, there's uh, there's some more material here that I got. Um, I really want to promote this book by uh, Roberta Donovan and Keith Wolverton. It is, again, called uh, Mystery Stocks the Prairie, uh, written in the 70s and I believe, Great Falls, Montana. And I want to read another quote from them regarding something that I think is an interesting detail here. Um, first chapter, screen grab this part here. Another mystifying bit of evidence surfaced when the undersheriff, Jerry Skelton of Judith Basin County, investigated a calf mutilation near Utica. Undersheriff Skelton was called October 9th, 1975, to investigate the death of bull calf. Its testicles had been removed, as well as the cords leading to them, the only evidence he found at the scene and it seemed to have no logical explanation, was several stones... Okay, let me read that again. Uh, there was also this uh, part of it with no logical explanation. Several stones weighing as much as six or seven pounds each were moved from a nearby rock pile. The rocks were turned over and moved around for no reason. Large rocks. Under Sheriff Skelton removed some parts of the calf for examination by a toxologist and left the carcass at the place where he found it. Ten days later, at the request of the rancher who owned the calf, under Sheriff Skelton returned to the scene. I guess you'd call that the scene of the crime. During the ten days since the first investigation, a snow had fallen in the area and later melted. The calf was found covered with a filmy white substance that stretched from the carcass to the surrounding ground a bit like cobweb. Laboratory tests identified it as some kind of petroleum dis 
uh, distillate. No one seems to know why the calf was shrouded in the substance. I'd never heard a detail like that. Whoa. <clears throat> so was that due to the introduction of the snow? Like, uh, they're not blaming the snow. They're saying that the snow happened and then it snow melted. And, and, okay. Yeah. So, so basically after it melted, they're able to find that something was covering it that wasn't there before this. Now, did the snow somehow interact with some yeah, invisible like, sub layer of something? Kind of reveal it. The, or maybe it was like a binding know, agent, be... you know, just like snow made it activate or something. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. And then the part about the um, rocks being moved, I think, was interesting for the fact that. Yeah. Why? What, what's the interest in, in moving large rocks around? Okay. Well, that. Yeah. I noted that and leads me to this question. Um, uh, what do you think of Bigfoot as a possible suspect? Yeah, well, um, I'm glad you said that because in this book, Mystery Stalks the Prairie, as well as some uh, blogs that I found on the subject matter, there are uh, people that have seen large biped hair-covered creatures in the vicinity on or near areas where there have been uh, cattle mutilations. So um, I don't know. I've never heard anybody say that they blamed Bigfoot for mutilating their cow, though. Uh, Right. Not yeah. not in a degree which we're discussing. Have you? Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> I can't recommend this book enough. You can find it free online. So what do you have to oh, lose? Cool. If you All type right. in uh, Mystery Stocks the Prairie, Roberta Donovan and Keith Wolverton, written in 1976, I believe, Ranchers from Great Falls, Montana. Um, it is free as a download online. And uh, it's super fascinating. Awesome. I'll be checking that out. Then, of course, you have totally. uh, Christopher O'Brien uh, stalking the herd and uh, yeah. cattle mutilations up close and personal by A. Kennedy Jr. So um, there's a, another one for you. And then uh, uh, Ben Mesrich is uh, the 37th parallel goes uh, down the alien highway where, of course, there's been some ongoing cattle mutilations and such. I, I know Montana and Colorado, Colorado in particular had a huge flap of cattle mutilations maybe like four or five years ago and it oh, okay. was uh it made quite the new do you guys deal with this at all in canada well yeah like i said uh i you know in my research in the past couple of days I've, I've seen that uh some alberta ranchers have been dealing with it in the past year but it hasn't been to the point where it's been a flap or anything right um but it seems to you know just by ty typing in cattle mutilation in uh, in the search, um, it seems to be focused around the Pacific Northwest right now. Yeah, I would tend to agree with you. Um, there's something yeah. going on out this way. And um, according to the New York Post, an article written some years back, so probably more than this number, uh, at least 10,000 reported cases in the last 30 years. I don't think that's yeah. the actual number. I think that's probably the low number and yeah. uh, who knows what it is now, but that's a lot. That's a lot of money. That's a lot. I don't know what a, a heifer runs. I imagine probably under two grand between, you know, maybe 1500 bucks to two grand or something well, like that for, uh, depends on the heifer. I, I think some of those prize bulls, which, uh, which were some of the, the right. mutilated animals were upwards of five. Yeah. A lot of, uh, money. yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's a hell of a lot of money. Well, I'm gonna, someone do yeah. the quick math on that for me. What is, uh, let's say, between 2500 bucks times uh, 10, is that $250,000 or I don't know. It's it's a it's Probably a more number. than that. Yeah. It's a big number. Um, yeah. So that's what I, I walked away with. And, um, you know, as I'm on the show with you right now, I am looking at uh, one of the prior guests uh, <laughs> reached out to me while you and I were talking here. And it is the uh, uh, one of the recent guests that I, I spoke with here. And he is sending me cattle mutilation pictures from his ranch and they look very similar to uh no way some of the uh the things that we're talking about here uh so i will send those to you and if i can i'll put those up on uh, the website there but really disturbing you know at the al moon lab there was two dead animals that were found um you know the rabbit and the snake those were the two main things i wouldn't count those as mutilated except maybe the snake but it wasn't a precise uh, decapitation of a snake. It looked like the snake's head was pinched off. Uh, the, right. So I can't really call those, you know, uh, in the same category. Well, but... no, no. I, I often find, and I've sent you this before, pictures of this and told you that I often find, like, mice um, and voles uh, in the middle of the trails. Well, yeah, yeah. Even Renner and, talks about that. I mean, I yeah, talked about and, that and, in the beginning. And, yeah, Renner talks about that, and and it's under like kind of weird circumstances uh, here and there. Um, but the one of the key kind of components, or, or one of the unifying components there of, of these creatures, is that they're they don't have any bugs on them. Like they're fresh, and they're they don't have any bugs. There's there should be bugs on these animals. But there's, they're not, and I've I've gone past these these uh, um, like days after, and they're just they they remain there, like nothing wants to touch them. So, okay, yeah. My, my experience with it is that the yeah there was no sign of bugs on them, and then all of a sudden there was. It was though they were so fresh that it just happened, and bugs had, oh, had okay. a chance. So yeah. I haven't seen what you're describing. So. Uh, you know, maybe I will now that we're talking about it. Thanks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. More snakes. More mm-hmm. snakes. <laughs> um, well, that's all I had in the mutilation category here. Again, the book is The 30 uh, Mystery Stocks the Prairie, free online. That was my takeaway. And also the upcoming documentary, um, Cal 1313, which the trailer is up online. You can find it if you type in spooky action, all one word, spooky action, and then type in Cal 13, two separate words. It should come up on YouTube as the trailer. This is the crew that we've been working with, and it's a really beautiful, beautifully shot uh, theatrical-looking documentary. So Yeah, the, uh, the trailer's impressive, for sure. Yeah, and yeah. these guys really embrace the the topics like they they really want to know, and uh, yeah. it's nice to to be involved with something like this where they're super invested in it. Yeah, where's the documentary going to be available? Well, so there may be two documentaries. There may be one specifically based upon what we just talked about, 
and then um, you know everything coming going on as far as our production concerned is kind of up in the air till 2021. I don't know any more than that. Um, that's kind of where we're at with it. Um, we we haven't start uh, stopped shooting, and so it's it's still happening. And uh, okay. you know things keep keep happening. Um, uh, not only at this property but the other property. And um, I haven't described on air what happened the the other day out in the trailer, but I haven't talked to you either about it. But, you know, the, the trailer seems to have its own energy, and I chronicle it on something goofy I call the Helda and Bobby Dollhouse show, which you can <laughs> find on, uh, on SoundCloud. And all I'm doing is isolating clips for people to listen to that – are related to the sounds that I think involve the supernatural coming and going. And these are these pop, knock, and such sounds. Though I, they're kind of like warm-up sounds, I guess, is the way I look at them. Although I'm not just looking for a warm-up, I'm looking for something more. And um, I got it. Uh, <laughs> I, was sitting, I was sitting inside the, uh, the trailer around 12 o'clock in the afternoon watching a show. And from my right, from underneath or behind the television, floating maybe only three feet as it moved across in front of me, coming as close as two feet, was a dirty gray blackish orb. And uh, if I were to describe what this looked like, it was transparent. It looked flat. Uh, I couldn't see that it was round. Um, Yeah. It almost looked like an eye, you know, like if you squeeze your eye too much, you'll see a floater. Yeah. So it wasn't that (laughs) because I followed it with my head out the door and it whisked right through the wall and I gasped. Ah! I I mean, I yelled as loud as I could. Did you see that? And Ah. um, it maybe lasted five seconds. But wow. uh, Hey, five seconds is a long time for these things. Yeah, it was moving really yeah. slow. Um, you know, I, I don't know what else to say about it, except that the last time we heard about anything that was round and dirty gray or black on the property, um, <laughs> what I feel like this is a setup for a bad joke, <laughs> <laughs> was when we had Kevin Carney, a Bigfoot investigator, over and Sandy Nelson, who, don't let me forget, um, I need to mention them at the end of the show. Uh, they, they came over for a night or two, I believe just a night, and we had a barbecue, and around 11 o'clock or so, they went into the dollhouse to go to sleep. That was the guest house, in fact. If you come here and you're lucky enough to stay in the guest house, man, uh, buyer beware. But as Kevin was relieving himself in the tree line, he came running back into the house as I was getting ready to go to bed and says, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. So he went on to say that uh, uh, racing across tree level, uh, you know, these 50-foot tall Doug firs, maybe taller, in the night, uh, he could see the outline of two racing dirty gray balls of light um racing kind of uh, syncopated and i kind of passed it off as owls to be honest like well maybe it's an owl of some kind but um i did see something when i was shooting pictures once outside that looked kind of like what kevin was describing but absolutely 12 o'clock at night 
you know, uh, I'm sorry, 12 o'clock in the afternoon. I, I saw this maybe three weeks ago now. And so I'll try to reconstruct it, but um, it's the first time I've actually seen anything in the trailer that I, I couldn't explain. And it certainly not, wasn't anything that I could record. You know, I couldn't reach out and grab my iPhone, but the, <laughs> um, the iPhones, man, and you and I have talked about yeah, this. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know how this is possible, but since I've never spoken about the this ball, dirty gray ball floating through uh, the trailer, the iPhone 10, uh, I want to say it's a 10XS, 64 gigabyte phone recording in 4K, recorded for over 11 and a half hours. Now it was plugged in and it was recording the dolls as they sat there in the bed. And as I came into the trailer, I saw it was still recording, and I I, I don't know, I don't know what to say except I shut the camera off, not thinking, and um, you know so I hit record again the next night, and it recorded for like another 55 minutes or longer or something like that. So it recorded for over. It still had more space on it. Yeah, it recorded for over saying? 12 hours in total, two separate, and it and it recorded to the hard drive, right? Like. I fast-forwarded yeah. all this footage, and then I went and grabbed an iPhone 5, right? An iPhone 64 gigabyte, iPhone 5. I can't remember the model number. Anyway, they only had, like, one standard recording mode on the camera at the time, and that thing recorded for 13 hours and 33 minutes onto yeah. the hard drive. So your question to me was, what was the frame rate? And I didn't... I, we didn't cross paths with that information there, but what would, and it's too late now, what would the frame rate have told me? Yeah, 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 or how big How, how big was the file size? Yeah. Well, yeah, what, what yeah. My, that's my question to you is, what yeah. would the file size or frame rate, frame rate have helped you understand, Alex? Well, I mean, uh, an 11-hour video at 4K shouldn't, I, I don't think, from from the website that I, saw it shouldn't be on that phone it, it would have been like like way over the gigabyte range for the storage okay is it possible based upon shrinking the file somehow i don't i don't know i don't i don't know much about technology okay, okay. well <laughs> yeah, you're, you're saw, yeah you do your, computer yeah. work and yeah. yeah, I saw your posts on this. I, I thought I'd do a little bit of a little bit of dive into it and and see. And yeah, it said, you know, the website said like, okay, yeah, here at these rates, at these rates, you'll get you'll get an hour, you'll get two hours, right? You know, with with this amount of storage, you'll get you know. But uh, <laughs> what you were describing there, I, I it didn't look like it was possible. Yeah, and although I don't have it preserved on the phones because I wanted to continue recording, what I did is yeah. I recorded with another phone what was going on so I wouldn't have to download 13 hours or 11 hours onto a hard drive. And I basically fast-forwarded the footage to see, you know, show that, yes, it had saved. Yes, it's on the phone. Yes, it's part yeah. of the, the memory here. And, yes, it's 11, 12 hours, 13 hours. So right. um, what can I say except to say that, you know, it wasn't an energy drain. It was an energy energy boost. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Maybe energy is the wrong word. I mean, it really it manipulated the possibilities of what technology can do. It wasn't. I don't know if it had anything yeah. to do with energy at all. It manipulated energy. Yeah. And you were not able to reproduce this. Like you, you, 
try no. doing this again and it, and it wouldn't do it right no yeah I so I plug it in and um, you know I've done it four or five times since and I can get 45 minutes maybe like on the other one I can get like 49 minutes you know it's not right. the battery dying it's the memories full yeah yeah it's memories full yeah, yeah. no so. very strange yeah. it's a strange world we live in um, Cattle mutilations continue to uh, progress. I don't know when this uh, doc's going to come out regarding it. Cow 1313 is the name of the doc. And, um, oh, one other thing I wanted to mention, too, um, uh, while you're on the air with me as well, Alex, is that um, there is a conference coming up. Oh. And the conference is going to be, I want to uh, make sure I get this right here. It's called the Sasquatch Rendezvous. We had it uh, last year or the beginning of this year. We're having it again. And it's going to be October 3rd and 4th. And you can buy tickets now. Tickets are on sale for a two-day pass for 30 bucks. So Saturday, awesome. October 3rd and 4th, all you got to do is log on and uh, be a part of the show. And I don't know, from someone who saw the last show, what do you think of you know what you got for your dollar? Oh, for the dollar? It was awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, totally. It was two days worth, you know. Two days, yeah. fifteen bucks I, a day. Yeah. It's kind of like an all nine to three, nine to three. Yeah, totally. yeah. It was great. Pacific Standard yeah. Time. Uh, some of the speakers that will be there will be uh, Daryl Adams uh, from Cottage Grove, Oregon, a part of the Al Moon Lab. Mike Patterson, uh, knower, experiencer, Canadian researcher. Uh, maybe you've heard a little bit about. Uh, some of Mike Patterson's experiences that he's had um, with Nefertia. Uh, yeah, yeah, you had him uh, on an interview, didn't you? Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. There will be a Navajo investigator, experiencer, researcher, Webb Nez. Never, never had a chance to meet Webb. He's going to be there. Also, uh, Andrea Billups, who is a pretty well-known author um, and journalist and experiencer. Uh, Ryan uh, Lesinger, Lesinger, L-E-I-S-I-N-G-E-R. Uh, researcher, enthusiast, and educator will be on board. Uh, we got a couple more names here. Marcia Kamor from, uh, well, she did some uh, ancient aliens work. She's a digital artist, a concept artist, bringing memory forward, experiencer, enthusiast. Dan Nedrello, knower, investigator, and experiencer. Uh, this one I'm pretty excited about. Doug Meacham uh, is going to be speaking. He's a certified registered hypnotherapist and paranormal enthusiasts. So I'm really excited to hear what he's working on. Ooh. And uh, Scott Taylor, BFRO investigator, knower, educator. He was also there before. Gail Betty, experiencer and researcher. And I'm going to sit down with Bob Gimlin and interview him privately. And we're going to air his footage. And so that is going to happen in September I'm going to be out in the woods with Bob uh, for a couple of days, uh, getting his take on not the Patterson-Gimlin footage as much as w what may be behind the Patterson-Gimlin footage. And that's my question to you, Alex, and everybody else listening. I want to hear some good questions to ask Bob because he's been asked every question you can yeah. imagine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So you think about a good question to ask that guy. Uh, I'm going to be alone, you know, kind of just me, him, and a few other people out in uh, a real squatchy area for two days. Um, right it, it would be nice uh, to have some fresh questions. So um, if you can think of anything, Alex, uh, get All it right. to me, man. Yeah, yeah, will do. 
All right. And uh, the last thing I was going to mention, too, is that, uh, Alex, now you can make a report in the U.S., uh, the UAPTF, the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force. The Navy has uh, released as of August 4th via Deputy Secretary David Norquist, uh, who is in charge of the program here. They're unveiling a uh, task force so you can make an actual blue book style report via uh, the u.s navy so that is available i don't think that the uh the actual form is open yet for you to make a, a report but that is that is on the way and that's real ufo news i mean it it should transform the conversations that we're having having right now but uh it's kind of uh you know in the back pages unfortunately yeah yeah i uh I don't know. I'm not very impressed. <laughs> it should impress me. It should, uh, all of this stuff. But uh, I don't know. There's something, I don't know. Something stinks, Toby. Yeah, something stinks. All something right. stinks. That's, that's, that's my gut. Okay, something so for next here. show, you're going to tell us what stinks about it, and you're going to yeah. have uh, some more uh, quality OBEs like the last one. Take yeah, a I'll try. good debriefing notes. Um, yeah. Hey, man, it was good talking to you. I'm yeah, you too, uh, heading man. out the door. And as always, man, I will uh, see you next month. All right. See you in the trees, brother. All right, Alex Whitcomb. I'm sure he'll be back again next month. The one thing we didn't talk about was his strange troll that he's uh, planning out in Quadra Island. So that was just my fault. We didn't get it uh, out of the way. So I'll mention it now that uh, if you know about strange trolls, it's your chance to choose your Tobe adventure. But now you're going to choose your Alex and uh, his girlfriend's adventure. Maybe I can just send Alex out alone. I think that'd be more fair. But uh, if you check out strangebrowradio.com coming up and the uh, Strangebrow Radio Facebook page, there you can vote on where to send Alex and when he goes, he'll be going at Odark30 and filming a 30-minute challenge of some kind and then posting it up on, on YouTube YouTube underneath the name uh, Choose Your Own Adventure, Choose Your Tobe Adventure, Strange Strolls. So more on that later. But I need to discuss October, um, October 31st. Well, first of all, October 3rd and 4th is the Sasquatch Rendezvous. Let's get that out of the way. I mentioned that before. If you go to SasquatchRendezvous.com, get tickets, uh, $15 a day or $30, day, $30 for a two-day pass, a virtual conference. Definitely uh, think about getting tickets because there will be some new stuff coming for sure, new videos, new uh, talks, and uh, it's your chance to sit down on a weekend and take it all in virtually. It was a great experience last time and it'll be even a better experience this time. But in all actuality, there is a little bit of uh, change coming for Strange Brow Radio. After October 31st, we are moving to what seasons. And so we will have seasons instead of episodes. And with season comes less content unless you're involved with patreon.com forward slash strange radio where the show won't change they will basically be getting the show that you're listening to every monday and i will do four shows a season and i will do so that's 12 shows a year uh 
on the regular iTunes platform or wherever you're listening to this. So after October 31st, I'm sure we'll have some kind of, you know, conglomeration party on or near that date. But that will be the 100th episode on Halloween. And then we are taking uh, the show in a little bit of a different direction. Uh, Same content, same theme. Everything will remain the same. But I would ask you, if you can, uh, go to strangebrowradio.com and uh, check that out more often because content's going to be there. Or go to patreon.com forward slash strangebrowradio. There's lots of content on there. So for three bucks a month, um, all this content that you've been getting every Monday will be shifted over towards the Patreon channel. So that is coming up on Halloween And um, maybe I'll turn it into a call-in show of sorts, too, and we'll air that. Or we could do something live, uh, yada, yada, yada. So that's what uh, is happening here. I let the people over at uh, Patreon.com know about this a couple days earlier. And uh, for them, I'm, you know, internally grateful and definitely grateful for all you guys tuning in and supporting the show just by listening. Of course, you can also catch the show on YouTube if you want. So that would be uh, my next bet for you. Um, Also, I wanted to mention the fact that I have a brand new recorder here from Jason Klein. It is the Tascam DR05 that he reached in his piggy bank and sent me a phenomenal recorder. And, you know, it's working. There is some stuff happening with this recorder here. And uh, I played a little bit of that on SoundCloud if you follow the Hilda and Bobby Dollhouse channel. But there's some stuff happening here right now as we speak. Uh, And is the recorder the catalyst for what's happening? I don't know. But uh, Jason Klein, thank you for this beautiful recorder. Thanks for sending it to me and thanks for supporting us. And uh, hey, you could support me by shooting me an email and being a guest on the show. You don't have to listen to be a guest. You just call in and we talk anonymous as you want at strangebrowradio at gmail.com. Strangebrowradio, B-R-A-U, at gmail.com. And, or just write me a message if you want. That's it for the show. I'll be back uh, next Monday with an all-new show for you. And, as of course, I will see you in the trees.
what you're about to hear is a sneak peek for a future broadcast for Patreon members at patreon.com forward slash strangebrow radio. And they'll get the whole enchilada. But for you, there is a uh, healthy sneak peek here from anonymous guests that I interviewed who were calling Citizen One and Two a married couple with an extraordinary life, UFOs, cryptids, and Area 51. And when it comes to the Area 51 story or encounter or memory, it's very fascinating about the, uh, the people at Area 51 and uh, Citizen One's relationship with going to Area 51. So all that and more coming up, but I give to you a sneak peek with Citizen One and Two. All right, I am uh, here at a, uh, a locally well-known spot, and it is near the town of uh, Port Orchard, Washington, and we are at a campground with uh, a couple who are going to be anonymous here for our interview, and that's kind of to protect their roles, not only as citizens in the town, but also security clearances and backgrounds and things of that nature, so... Uh, thank you both for providing your time to do this. You're welcome. <laughs> okay, so let's start with you first, uh, Citizen One. Well, we'll call you Citizen One. <laughs> Give us a little bit of a, a background uh, going back in time, if you can, looking at where you've been with the supernatural, in particular the aerial phenomena, and a little bit of your background military-wise, as much as you're comfortable. Okay. Uh, I was, uh, during the Vietnam War, I was an air, intelli air intelligence officer with the U.S. Air Force. Uh, I was trained at a Navy intelligence uh, school. And uh, served a couple times in Vietnam. Uh, came back and uh, continued doing that. However, uh, after the war, they didn't really need too many of us, so I cross-trained into a photographic field and continued. I uh, did not lose my clearance because it was the things we were doing were still classified. Uh, I worked in a lot of classified labs. Uh, saw a lot of strange things. Uh, unexplained. Had a few ex uh, experiences ever since childhood that uh, were kind of unexplainable. Okay. And so some of the security stuff uh, we have to delicately talk about here, but overall you've seen stuff, unexplainable stuff, and had to work with the military to... Um, I guess, explain the stuff away? I mean... Uh, everybody that witnessed it, mm -hmm. uh, which was a lot of people, mm -hmm. knew what it was. We just didn't talk about it because mm -hmm. we knew it was a, it was there. Mm -hmm. uh, we didn't have to explain it away as, as much as we just ignored it. Mm -hmm. uh, you just didn't talk about it. Uh some of the people, uh, 
I can give you an example of it. Uh, yeah, please do. Uh, during a uh, uh, a test of uh, missiles, uh, they use the uh, massive tracking cameras that uh, have very good optics. And remember, this is back in the day before digital. So uh, everything was filmed. It was a uh, 16 millimeter and 35 millimeter film. And uh, during the launches, almost every single launch, uh, there was strange aircraft up in the skies that were not ours, nothing that any of us knew about. Uh, they could hover, they could circle. Uh, sometimes they would uh, disappear and then come back. You wouldn't see them and then they'd be back right before the launch. Uh, sometimes they would follow the missile up until the first uh, strap-on booster or whatever fell off or until stage separation on the missiles. Uh, what, explain what that is, stage separation. Stage separation is uh, when you have a missile that has uh, numerous parts to it and to get it to boost to a certain level of orbit, uh, when the propulsion runs out on the one to lighten the load to get it to go otherwise, the other uh, stage would ignite and keep pushing it forward while the other one dropped off and fell into the ocean or burned okay. up. So that's what that was. So they're actively following missiles. They oh. were at that time, okay. yeah. Yeah, they were circling them. Uh, there's been a few occasions, too, where uh, if there was a class of classified payload that I can't really talk about. Uh, we would see that these things were around and if they didn't, we figured if they didn't want it to go up, it would destroy it because there was no other reason for the rocket to blow up. So how often would that happen? Mm, once, maybe every hundred launches okay. or so. I don't know exact number. We didn't track it. Did they have a uh, acronym that they use for the aerial phenomena? Uh, I'm not so sure it was, if it was an acronym or not. Uh, we just called them UFOs. <laughs> Uf UFOs? UFOs. UFOs. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then now let's hand the mic over here to Citizen 2 because Citizen 2 is abundantly familiar with UFOs. <laughs> an aerial phenomena to the point where uh, your relationship with Citizen 2 here um, is uh, of a long-standing nature and you guys work well with one another explaining this phenomena but um, as far as being deep in it Citizen 2 you're super deep in it and to the point where you may feel that you're not even from here okay so talk a little bit about that journey well, I have also had strange experiences ever since childhood. Um, nothing at that time that I would have understood at all. And it's only now that I'm much older looking back that I'm starting to put more and more pieces together to realize that some of these things that happened were definitely extraterrestrial and 
it's not that I have seen an ET in person, but I've definitely been around them. <laughs> They're in my head. Um, I am now to the point where I am probably 90% sure that I've been abducted at least once, mm-hmm. probably multiple times. Um, but because of this obsession that I have, there's a mosquito that uh, is a pest, little um, pest here. Because yeah. of this obsession that I have, I I feel compelled to try and figure that figure it out. Mm-hmm. And um, the earliest recollection I have was probably when I was 12 on a farm and I saw five craft low flying, slow flying, fly right over our farm. And at that time I had no idea what that could possibly be other than it just totally scared me, scared my, Mm -hmm. scared our livestock. And I ran into the house just terrified and um over the years numerous numerous things have happened um that i tried to explain that only now if i attribute it to being et activity it makes way more sense right so um the things that i have ended up being able to do, I think are possibly a direct result of having worked with these ETs, even though it wasn't by my permission, as far as I know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But more and more, I realize I'm probably more like them (laughs) than I am like Mm -hmm. a normal person. 